Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. We're starting a new series over the next five Sundays. And the title of the series is Our Message is Jesus. Well, that's good. It's a church. It should be Jesus, right? We're looking at Advent. We're looking at Advent, the coming, the first coming of Jesus. Advent. Advent means coming. We're studying. There was this beautiful thing that took place, and we're going to study four conversations that heaven had with humanity. Today, we're going to look at what heaven said to Zechariah. Then we're going to look at next week what heaven said to Mary. Come on, Mary's young. Y'all know the story, right? Born with child and all the songs that are written about Mary and how awesome she was. Then we're going to look at Joseph because come on, Joseph was engaged to her. Wait a minute, how'd you get pregnant? Because I know it won't me. Tell me more about this Holy Spirit. Like what? We're going to look at that and what heaven spoke to Joseph. And then lastly, we're going to look at what heaven spoke to the good shepherds. So over the next five Sundays, we'll be studying this Advent message of our message is Jesus. But the title for today is Miracles in the Middle of a Mystery. Anybody ever just been in the middle of something? Like, I don't really get it. Like my friend Melody a while ago was talking about um, physiology. Did I get that right? It wasn't, yeah. And I'm just like, we up in a mystery. I just met you like mystery, woo, grad studies, learning about this. Like, ah, oh, it's like when April starts trying to teach me math. My wife, Pastor April, grad school at NC State, master's degree in math education, and sometimes she'll try to educate me. I'm just like, two plus two is four. That's about as far as it goes. And I can do some multiplication. I know my multiplication tables, but when y'all started adding letters to numbers, it just, you lost me. That ain't my cup of tea, right? It's a mystery, but we live in a mystery sometimes. And that's where we find Zachariah. He's in a mystery. But God was trying to do a miracle right in the middle of this wonderful mystery. God was trying to do something. He's at work. Uh, Anybody brave brave the elements and go to Black Friday? Anybody do that? Oh, okay. Oh, is that a black eye you're sporting from Black Friday? No. Black Friday is like a mosh pit, but with rewards. Right? Everyone's just elbowing and raging against the machines going off. And, oh, I got a TV. Ah! Man. So our TV went out last week. Uh, it was like, you know, it was just showing, and then it would go black. And you'd walk up, and you'd hit it like Fonzie. Hey. And it would cut on, right? And so, like, this has been going on for a while. And it was like, we really should do something about this. If people come over and watch a football game and in the middle, you're just hitting this thing like, let's get a deal on Black Friday. So we did our homework and did all that. And I found a deal at Costco, and you could get the same deal on Wednesday as you could as Friday. So I thought I was just ahead of the game. I was like, forget Black Friday. I'm not getting any bruises. I'm not getting punched over a TV. I'll go early on Wednesday. Wrong. So wrong. It was Black Wednesday, man. It was old, sweet little people with their canes and their walkers just pushing you out of the way. I'm just like, are you kidding me? This lady with her handicap sticker and, like, her pillow and the will, and she about ran me over, this sweet lady in the Costco parking lot, trying to get a deal. Oh, Black Wednesday. But I made it out. I didn't break anything. I didn't, I'm good. Got the TV, got the deal. All right. What I noticed about Black Friday, this is where I'm going with this, people get so focused on that deal, get so focused on, oh, I got to get this, I got to get that They'll just forget everybody. Get out of my way, I'm going to run over you. Was that a speed hump? No, that was me. They're running me over, lady. Uh, but, you know, just, people get cutthroat because they want the deal. They're so focused on the deal, nothing else matters. Isn't that life? 
Isn't that life? We can get so focused on living. We can get so focused on the grind, showing up, doing this, saving for that, purchasing this, involved with that activity. None of it's bad, but we can get so focused on living that we miss life. And I feel like that's what happened with our guy here, Zachariah. So we're going to look at this. Heaven's about to just give him a breakdown, break it down real smooth for Zechariah. Hey, the Messiah's coming, and here's your part to play in it. And we're going to see that. Let me set up the text. If you've got your Bible, go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let me just set it up a little bit. Like Verse 5, I don't have, I don't have it up here, but let me just kind of, Herod was the king of Judea. That's going on. And there was this priest named Zechariah. His wife's name was Elizabeth. They were fairly old. You know, they they had lived a lot of life. text says that. But they never had a child. His wife Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. Anybody remember Old Testament Aaron? That's Moses' brother, Aaron. Here we go. That's how, like, the priest came. That was the Levites. They got all that. that. He oversaw the priest. Okay, she's coming from that lineage. Coming from that lineage, all right? Um, So he's a priest. Um, Zechariah, Elizabeth, the descendant of Aaron, they were righteous before the Lord. They observed, the Bible says they observed all of his commands, and like they were blameless. Like they were really, like they were good people following the Lord, doing really well, but they were childless. She was not able to conceive, and she was really old, and they had been praying and praying and praying. That's where we pick up. Verse 8, and that'll be behind me. You can follow along. Luke 1, verse 8. Once Zechariah's division was on duty, He was serving as a priest before the Lord. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit of power, or go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Our message is Jesus. All of this boils down to to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Hey, things are about to change. Zachariah, you're doing the incense, you're here. Okay, things are about to change. This is what's going to happen. And here's a guy who's a priest. Here's a guy who's doing all this stuff for the Lord. And this angel gives him six specific promises right here to Zachariah. Six specific promises right here to him. And he's focused on his, what he's doing. And he's focused on the incense and being in the temple. He's focused on all this. But here in the middle of all that, God interrupts. In the secret place, in the secret place, God interrupts and speaks this to him. One, 
your prayers are going to be answered. Hey, Zachariah, I know how long you and Elizabeth have been praying for a son, praying for a child. I know how long you've been by yourself just crying out to God, praying. And I know it seems impossible because you're old and the years have caught up with you. But hey, it's not over. Your prayers are going to be answered. The second thing he said, hey, God has been gracious. You're going to name your son John. You know what John means? God is gracious. You're going to name, not only is God going to answer your prayer and give you a son, you're going to name him John, the grace of God. Number three, you and your people will know joy and gladness. Hey, that's good news, right? Here was the people of Jerusalem. Here they are, and they're occupied by a foreign inhabitant. They're not even running their own show, but he's saying, hey, you're going to have joy. You're going to have gladness. Fourth thing he tells John, your, or tells Zechariah, your child is going to be great. Come on, parents, right? That would be cool if an angel just shows up. Hey, I know you might be worried about messing up that kid. And, oh, did they get too much screen time? Did you hug him enough? Did you tell him you love? Your kid's going to be great. That's good news, right? Going to be great. Oh, it gets better. Number five, he says, Israel will see a national revival. Okay, okay. God's about to do something new. Israel's about to see revival. And then lastly, your child is a forerunner to the soon coming Messiah. Come on, Advent means coming, the first coming of Jesus, Advent season. It reminds us if he came once, he's going to come again. Your son, Zechariah, is going to be a forerunner to the soon coming Messiah. And you know what? Zachariah's response was to all these wonderful things. I mean, an angel, a angel shows up, tells him all these amazing things, and you know what his wonderful response was? Yes and amen. No. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, um, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Are you kidding me? You got Gabriel right up in your face. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it's good news, right? This is going to happen. Your son's going to be a forerunner to the Messiah that you've heard all about from prophecies from long, long times ago. You've heard about this. Your son's going to be involved. He's going to be great. The nation's going to see revival and come back. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have a son. You've been praying about it for forever. Oh, that's great, Gabriel. Thank you. No. This joker says, hold on, I need more evidence. I need more proof. How can I be sure of this? I'm old and so is my wife. So focused on the Black Friday deal that nothing else matters. So focused at the task at hand of burning incense. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up. What? This is going to happen? I need more evidence. I need more proof. I need more. Anybody relate to that? I need more. Hold on. How's this thing going to work out, God? Hold on. You want me to move across the... Hold up, God. What? I need more evidence. Well, look, we're going to learn today from Zechariah how in the middle of a mystery, we won't miss our miracle. Sometimes there can be so much mystery, and we can be focused on so many things that we don't understand that we can totally miss it. Not today, guys. Not today. But I'm saying, if you've ever been like that, where you've ever felt like you just missed it, you just blew it. Just the opportunity came and you just blew it. Hey, you're in good shape. You're surrounded by people all throughout Scripture that have done the same thing. The children of Israel walk across the Red Sea on dry land, right? We can all agree that's a pretty amazing miracle. 
you walk up to the water, it parts, and you walk across. Miracle. Call it a miracle. And then you fast forward a couple chapters later. Moses goes up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And what happens? The people had already forgotten about God. This is taking too long. We need a God now. Oh, let's take all of our jewelry, melt it down, and let's make a golden calf. Right? Missed it. Are you kidding me? You just crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and here you are now going back to your old ways, trying to make a, 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 an idol out of a golden calf. You're making that? Are you kidding me? They missed it. Thomas, come on. Thomas has got a famous nickname, Doubting Thomas. Why does Doubting Thomas have that great nickname? Why? Because he doubted. Because he doubted. He didn't get to see Jesus when the other disciples did. No, 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 we saw it. We saw his hand. We saw. Unless I put my finger in the hole on his hand and then the, the scar on his unless I get the, I'm not going to believe. You guys got to see it. I want to see it. But was God mad with them? Come here, Thomas. Put your hands in my hands. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. But come on, you're still blessed. Look at this, right? It happens, man. God's gracious with us. Sometimes we just miss it. Sometimes we focus on the wrong stuff and in the middle of a mystery and we don't understand how. Here we are. I need more evidence. I need more proof. How is this going to work out? Well, that's what happened with Zechariah. But come on, there's some things we can learn from Zechariah's life. He might have got it wrong in that one instance, but he got a lot of things right. And there's some things in the middle of a mystery that we can learn from Zechariah's life today. Number one, the response in the mystery. We see in verse 6 what he was doing. Here is the amazing thing about Zechariah and Elizabeth. It, life had gone 400 years without the Lord speaking. 400 years without an angel visitation. 400 years without a prophetic voice in the land. Your Isaiah's. Well, none of that. 400 years from the Old Testament when that was closed to the New Testament. The intertestamental period. 400 years of silence. And what are they doing? Did they just leave? Oh, God's not talking. I'm out. No. Faithful, faithful, faithful. We believe. We believe. We're going to serve you faithfully. And here they are in the middle of this mystery, and their response is just to be faithful, to be faithful. We're living for God. We're living godly. We're turning up. We're doing what we're supposed to do. I know we hadn't seen any angels. I know that things seem quiet and dead here in Israel. But God's at work. He's at work. He's at work. And it's a real testament of our lives. Are we willing to just show up and keep serving God when there's no fanfare? Are we willing to show up and keep believing when it seems like God's not at work in your situation? Are we willing to keep faith and keep believing and stand on his promises and continue to trust him? when it seems like he's distant and silent. We see here from Zachariah and Elizabeth, they just kept showing up, kept serving, kept praying, kept believing for a son, kept serving in the temple, kept going. So we see our response in the middle of a mystery is we're going to keep turning up. We're going to keep trusting. We're going to keep believing. We're not going to give up. We keep believing. That was their response. The second thing we see is the potency of a miracle. Come on, sometimes life can just kind of get stagnant. It can kind of get stale. Oh, I'm going back. I'm going back. I got to go to Jerusalem. It's my turn, Zachariah. It's my turn to show up. I don't even know if they're going to put me in the game, coach. I don't even know if they're going to use me in the temple. But, hey, there's 20,000 people. I could, I'm one of them. I could get put in, so I need to show up. So he shows up. And look at the potential and just showing up. The Bible says there in verse 8 and 9 that there was 24 courses 
And in each one of those courses, there was 830 men. That's almost 20,000 people. And here they are, and the way they did it, who's going to get the burn the incense? Right? Well, come on, we don't study this stuff. Like, this isn't common knowledge. I had to research this to know this stuff. Like, we don't know this stuff. So the context blows my mind. So he shows up, not even knowing if he's going to get used by God. He shows up just ready. Okay. But he knew there was some potential there. And the way they, they figured out out of these 20,000 people, who gets to go in the temple? Who gets to burn the incense? Who gets to set this fragrance as a sacrifice to God? Who? So they draw lots. It's like gambling. You're drawing numbers. Seven. I want to go light the incense. Zachariah's number. You do the math. One in 20,000 almost. And it's his number. This was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Guys only did this once. And he's there. He's in Jerusalem. He's ready. He's prayed up. He's available. And here's the potential of a miracle. It's your turn. What? I'm old in age, but here it is, and I get to be here. And I get to be the one to light the incense. <sighs> Sometimes... We can let a staleness come on us, right? It's kind of stagnant. Oh, it's the same old, it's the same old. Go to work on Monday, go home on Friday. You know, it's just kind of this, and it can kind of get mundane. But the miracle is in the mundane. The miracle is in each day showing up, God, what do you want to do today? I'm here. Maybe today is the day. Maybe today's my day. Lord, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And all ministry is is serving. You ever heard that? Oh, I'm not a minister. Ooh, I'm not a minister. That's you, pastor. You get paid to be a minister. False. False. Every single believer is a minister. All ministry is is serving. You can minister somebody by changing their tire when they've got a flat. You can minister someone by giving them a jump when their car's dead beside you. You can minister someone when they look down and you put your arm around them. I don't know what you're going through, but I know with God nothing's impossible. You can get through it, and I'm here for it. That's ministry. Why? Because it's serving. And all ministry is is serving others. Serving others. See a need, meet the need. And ultimately, the answer for every problem of life is found in Jesus. So we're trying to help people. That's all he's doing. He's ministering. He's serving. But that could have been mundane. Are you kidding me? Every year, showing up at the right time, during the right festivals, in the right time. But he was ready. And right there in that mystery, right there was the potential of a miracle. He's the guy that just, what? I'm chosen. It's my turn. You might be kind of just, ah, I don't even like my neighbors. Are you kidding me? Ah, they drive me nuts. It's kind of mundane, right? Maybe it was really fresh when you first met them and you moved in. Oh, my neighbors are so nice. And now you're like, eh. But in the middle of the mundane, in the middle of the monotonous can be a mystery. It can be a miracle. It can be a miracle. We just want to keep showing up at Kid City. We want to keep showing up as we volunteer to help Carol Middle. We want to keep showing up when we're going to the hospital to pray for people. We want to keep showing up and keep being available, keeping the mundane. No, it's not stale. It's fresh. There's no telling what God's going to do today. And I'm here. I'm ready. Lord, do what you want to do. And when we show up like that, it creates a potential. God's got something to work with. We've got faith. We're available. We're here. And he can show up and move. And that's what happened with Zachariah. His number got called. Are you kidding me? 20,000 people, and it was his turn? Zechariah, you're up. Hey! So he gets in there, and what does the angel tell him? Number three, there's a power of persistence. He never quit praying. He never quit praying. 
Lord, I can't be your priest anymore. You never gave me a kid. No, him and his wife, even as the years went by, they kept praying. They kept believing. They were persistent. They just kept praying and kept believing. And the angel says, your prayer has been seen. It will be answered. I love this concept of persistent praying because it goes against everything that I want. I want to press the microwave button and 30 seconds later, I'm eating a slice of pizza. I got faith for 30 seconds, man. If it takes longer than that, it's like, oh, uh, right? Like we're, we're just, we're wired that way now, right? We want it now. We want to pray. And if it doesn't happen, oh, it must not be God's will. The door's shut. Wrong. Luke 11. I love what Jesus says here. And I'll just kind of summarize it. But it's a very famous passage of scripture. And Jesus is teaching about prayer. And he's teaching about this power of persistence. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. But if you look at that and how it really was worded and how it was really written, it's not just knock, like I knock one time and I'm done. No, it's this continual. The verb tense there is continual. As you're knocking, as you're asking, As you're seeking, it's active. It's not like I tried that once and it didn't work for me. No, it's like a progressive, I'm continually running after the Lord, seeking him. Why? This is what makes this passage, makes you wonder. Have you ever kind of had this outlook like, well, what will be, will be. That's not how the perfect will of God works. There's a perfect will of God of what he wants to take place on earth. But there's some time, and and look, this gets really theological. You start the warning, well, where's the overlap between God's sovereignty and his perfect will? Come on, he's good. His character's good. He doesn't want harm to happen on anybody, but yet bad things happen every single day. The news is full of it, right? So where's the overlap between God's sovereignty and his character and how good he is? Where is that overlap between his sovereignty and my free will and the choices we have to make? What? Where is that? And sometimes we can get that notion of, what will be, will be. If there's, I'm just following the open doors, bless God. Well, then what about this passage of Scripture? I've never seen anyone have to knock on an open door. It's open. Sometimes in prayer, we got to persevere, and we got to be persistent, and I'm going to knock. And as you're knocking, and as you're seeking, and as you are asking, the door is going to open up. You don't have to knock on an open door. You walk in. Prayer is knocking on the closed doors. God, your perfect will in Scripture says this. I'm going to keep declaring this until it happens. It may not happen until I get to heaven, but you better believe every single day I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to be perseverant. And that's the power of persistency. And that's how Jesus taught us to pray. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. What's the thing you've been praying for? What's the thing in your life? God, it seems like every day I come back to this. Don't give up. Keep praying. Zechariah prayed and prayed and prayed. And you know what the angel said? Your prayers are going to be answered. Whatever you're believing for today, keep believing. Don't run out. Don't give up. You're so close. I'm telling you, on the other side of not giving up is the promises of God. Keep believing. Be full of faith and keep believing. The last thing we see here from this passage here with Zechariah that we can learn from how to get a miracle in the middle of a mystery is belief in the word. Belief in the word. Come on, man. We want to believe that God's word is enough. 
We don't need a new word. We don't need a fresh word. God's given us 66 books of the Bible, all telling the same story. We've got everything we need for life and for godliness. We've got his word. And we can stand firm on his word and we can believe it's going to be true. We see in verse 18, after all these specific things, this angel says, all these specific six things that are going to happen, his response was, how can I be sure? Give me more evidence. No, uh uh-uh, Zechariah. If there's any fault in Zechariah, it was this. This is where he went wrong. I need more, I need more, I need more. I need more. But the God getting mad at him, I love the response of heaven here because it gives me courage. It gives me hope. Did heaven get mad at him? No. We see here that he says, how can I be sure? He demands more evidence. And what happens in verse 19? The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. I almost thought that was a punishment. Oh, he's in time out. He can't talk. It wasn't punishment. It was protection. Zachariah, something so good that you've been praying for your whole life is about to happen. Something so good, so many promises are about to be fulfilled, and you've got a front row seat, and your son's going to be involved in it happening. You're about to mess this thing up with your doubt and unbelief that you're speaking. I'm going to silence you to protect you. This thing's happening. God intervenes, gets involved, and helps them out. Anybody in this room like me that feels like you've missed it, you've blown it, you've gone too far, you've ran away, you've ran too hard in the wrong direction, you have not missed it. God's not done. And he's more gracious. You know, we talked about where does the sovereignty of God end and the overlap of man's free choice. Well, I don't know, but I know it's always more gracious than I thought. I know it involves more mercy than I thought. Right when I thought God was done with mercy, he gave some more. He's, more, he's better. He's better. He's kinder. He's nicer than we ever thought. He's so good and so kind to us. And, Dan, you guys can come on up. We're going to land the plane around this thought, though. So if you're sitting here thinking that you've missed it, you haven't missed it. Heaven will intervene on your behalf. And even where you feel like you're coming up short, I'm telling you, heaven will intervene on your behalf. So even if you're in the middle of a mystery and you're doubt and you're doubtful and you're worried and you're not sure, I'm telling you, just keep believing. Here Zachariah is. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is along in years. And the angel says, look. I know you can't see what I see, but I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God every day. I know what God's capable of. He's gonna, if he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. You don't need any more evidence. All you need is faith to believe. All you need is a little bit more faith. You got this thing. Let's go, Zachariah. God's going to do it. And you can't talk until it happens. But what happens? He goes out. He'd been there longer than they thought. Man. The Lord must have showed up. Zachariah came out. He's trying to use sign language, and he's trying to tell us something. What He can't talk. What is going on? And within the next five months, his wife's pregnant. This lady that's elderly has now got a child. I'm 
telling you, God was not punishing Zachariah. He was protecting him. And in your life, you might feel like you're being punished. You might feel like this or that's happening. I'm telling you, God's got his hand over you. He's protecting you. He hasn't given up on you. His message is the same from this day to our day, current day. And it's the message of this. Unto you a child is born, and his name will be called Emmanuel. God with us. You're not alone. You haven't blown it too much. You haven't committed too many sins. You haven't said too many bad things. You haven't done too many wrong things. God with us, his name will be called Emmanuel. Our message is Jesus. The message of heaven is Jesus. The message from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, the red string that's woven through all of it is Jesus. And when heaven shows up on the scene, what does heaven say? Jesus is coming. Advent, it's coming. The season's here. All these 400 years of silence was getting us ready. Here he comes. And because he's coming, it is an invitation to know God, to experience God like you've never known him. Jesus, come on, imagine this. I mean, Gabriel had a front row seat. No, 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 no. I stand in the presence of God. He's going to do this thing. But what about Jesus? The son of God, a third of the Trinity, king of all kings, lord of all lords, master, savior, sitting on a throne, the praise of heaven coming up to Jesus. He steps down from his throne. He takes on the form of flesh, incarnation. Come on, queso con, con carne. Anybody like queso con carne? Carne asada, anybody? In the flesh, carne, man. Incarnation, Jesus takes on flesh, born as a baby. That's nasty. That's yucky. There's diapers and swaddling clothes. Yeah, that he pooped in. Like, humanity is nasty. Right? Okay, just me. All right. I think diapers are nasty. Jesus left the throne, took on this humility, this humble position as a servant leader, born of a virgin that the Holy Spirit hovered over. He, he chose that way to step in. He never stopped being God. But he took on the form of flesh. He gets what you're going through. Every time you feel alone, every time you feel betrayed, he gets what you feel. Because he took on flesh and he lived the human experience. He gets it. And then he lived the perfect life that none of us could do. Then he did what all of us deserved. Death. He died. And he offers salvation. The whole message of Jesus is an invitation to know God. His life is an invitation to know God, to know him. And the only way we can do that is because of what he did for us. So I'm telling you, if you feel like Zachariah and you just blew it, you didn't blow it. There's an invitation from heaven to come closer to God than you've ever been, all because of Jesus. And that's why we're geeking out about the Advent. That's why we're so excited about Christmas, because heaven knew we needed help. We could never be good enough to climb up a ladder to get to heaven. Heaven left earth and came, or left heaven and came to earth. God left heaven, came to earth, climbed down the ladder, and met us in our humanity, met us in our filth, and now offers salvation to all who would trust and believe. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.